Hey, it's Rick Kettner here. And in this episode, I thought it might be fun to go through the six books that I recently completed over the course of January 2022. And the idea here is I want to talk about why I chose these particular books and what I enjoyed most about them, and in some cases, what I didn't enjoy about them, all in an effort to make it easier for you to discover interesting books that you too may want to consider reading in the future. Now, I'm also thinking about turning this into a recurring series where every month I talk about the latest books that I've read, both in an effort, again, to help you discover interesting books, but also to create an opportunity where members of the community like yourself can post a comment in response to this video to let me know about other interesting books that might be worth reading as well. So if there's a book or several books that you recently completed, please consider posting a comment down in the comment section to let me know the titles and perhaps a brief description about what it is that you enjoyed most about the book. But with that said, let's dive straight into the list, beginning with book number one. A more beautiful question, The Power of Inquiry to Spark Breakthrough Ideas by Warren Berger. Now, I mentioned this book in my 2022 reading list video as one of the top 10 books that I was most excited about reading over the course of this year. And the reason for that is I've always been a big believer in the power of asking deeper and more meaningful questions. And this idea that if we're facing a challenge or a problem or an obstacle, that coming up with the right question that really gets to the root of the problem is critical for ultimately finding the right solution. Because if we begin with the wrong question, the question that doesn't really dig to the root or fully appreciate the challenge or the issue that we're facing, then even if we are able to come up with an answer to that question, it's not likely to solve the real issue, or at least not in a very permanent way. So I picked up a copy of this book out of a desire to get a fresh perspective on how to ask better and higher quality questions. And I I wasn't disappointed at all. In fact, this is a book that I'm almost certainly going to do a full summary on at some point over the coming weeks or months because it was an absolutely fantastic look at the power of asking great questions and all kinds of related ideas, including how to ask better questions, how to think about solving problems, and when it comes to raising kids or building a culture or a workplace where people are encouraged to ask great questions. The book provides some interesting insights in terms of not only creating the right conditions for that sort of a culture, but also how to really encourage people to improve and develop their ability to ask higher quality questions. So if that's something that you happen to be interested in, then I highly recommend that you consider picking up a copy of this book. Next on the list, we have The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future by Jeff Booth. Now, I picked up a copy of this book primarily out of a desire to challenge my personal worldview when it comes to the utility of inflation. Now, I'm not talking about runaway inflation, obviously, but I'm talking about slow, stable inflation over an extended period of time. And my worldview prior to reading this book is that stable, minor inflation is probably necessary and in many ways even beneficial because, for example, it encourages wealth to be reinvested, it waters down debts relative to wages, and it incentivizes people to continue to find productive uses for their money. Whereas if there was no inflation at all or if there was really strong deflation, 
people that had accumulated serious wealth would have a strong incentive to just simply sit on that money and not to continue to create value for society or to find some way to continue to grow it relative to inflation. So that was kind of my worldview coming in. And so when I saw this book and when I read the subtitle, which is Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future, I thought it might be interesting to have my worldview challenged and to see if I might have something interesting to learn about the subject that I might not have previously considered. Now, while the book didn't really tackle exactly what I was expecting it to tackle, it did provide some really interesting insights, and it did remind me of the fragility of our current monetary system and the many potential issues that we may face and the very real possibility that we might be long overdue for some kind of a reset. Now, there are all kinds of ideas about exactly what that might mean, but the book just provided a strong sense for the many issues in our current monetary system and some fresh perspectives and an important reminder, in fact, that, for example, technology and all the advances that we're seeing in technology are highly deflationary. So, for example, all kinds of activities that used to take considerably more time and energy are now made substantially easier and are in fact are much cheaper to do than in the past. So whether we're sending mail or whether we're looking up information or we're renting movies or we're in engaging in face-to-face -face meetings or even reading a book, all of these kinds of activities are now made easier and less expensive with the use of technology because of course, when we used to send mail, we now have the option of sending email. We used to go to Blockbuster to rent a DVD, and now, of course, we can watch streaming video on Netflix, and the list goes on and on. Instead of flying halfway across the country to have a face-to-face -face meeting, we now at least have the option, and it's more normal than ever before, to simply engage in an online video conversation. So, one of my main takeaways from this book was simply being reminded that technology is inherently deflationary, and that in and of itself is going to have a significant impact on the future of the economy. Now, I don't feel like I have any greater sense of certainty about what the future holds, nor have I really changed my worldview on the utility of inflation when it's managed and when it's slow and it just slowly increases over time, but like I mentioned, I have this growing sense of uncertainty around the fragility of the system. And so as a result, I kind of have more questions than I do answers. And so I'm going to continue to read on this subject. In fact, I've already started another book that kind of was a follow-up after completing this book. So you can expect to hear more about that in next month's update. But if you are interested in understanding how technology is deflationary and getting kind of a fresh and unique perspective on how the economy operates, then consider checking out this book. Next up, we have Everybody Lies, Big Data, New Data, and What the Internet Can Tell Us About Who We Really Are by Seth Stevens Davidowitz. The main reason I ended up picking up a copy of this book is I have an ongoing interest in artificial intelligence and in many themes and topics that relate back to artificial intelligence. One, of course, being big data. So when I saw the subtitle of this book, I was naturally curious to learn more, not only about how big data is being used today, but also how it's likely to evolve and to continue to change and advance in the future. Now, one of the 
core themes of this book that I found very interesting is how we tend to lie both to ourselves and to other people about our behavior, and more specifically, how big data, such as diving into search history and anonymous search data from companies like Google, can show the discrepancy between our worldviews and what we believe and what we espouse out in public and how we actually behave and how we actually believe. It was a really interesting look at human behavior and in common patterns and in different ways to solve everyday problems it was just a really interesting perspective. In fact, it was very reminiscent of a book like Freakonomics, which, as the author mentions in the book, was actually one of his primary inspirations for getting into a subject like big data. So not only does this book do an excellent job of explaining the basics of big data and where it's useful and where it might not be so useful, it's also just an interesting and engaging read when it comes to understanding the different lessons that can be gleaned from big data. So if you're interested in AI or big data or simply getting a look at some interesting facts and information about human behavior and our psychology and how we lie to ourselves in everyday life, then I do recommend you consider checking out this book. Next on the list is The Art and Business of Online Writing, How to Beat the Game of Capturing and Keeping Attention by Nicholas Cole. Now, as you may know, I'm currently in the process of putting together my very first book, and the theme of that book is how to raise kids that thrive in unpredictable times, how to raise kids to be more confident, more capable, and more adaptable to a changing economy and a changing world with things like artificial intelligence and automation and things like that. So throughout this process, naturally, I've been reading a number of books relating to how to be a better writer, how to put together a better book, and how to market a book more effectively. And so this is one of the books that just happened to kind of fit that mold and be something that was relevant to the process of writing a book. And what I have found is if you are interested in writing or becoming a better writer, or for example, writing on a platform like Medium or your own blog or putting together a book, this is a fantastic resource on how to become a better and more engaging writer. Not only does it cover many practical tips on how to become a better writer, but it also discusses some very important topics such as attracting readers keeping people's attention, and building an audience over time. It's one of the very few books on the subject of becoming a better writer that I do plan on rereading over the coming months. Next up, we have The Dawn of Everything, A New History of Humanity by David Graeber and David Wengro. Now, this is another book that was featured on my 2022 reading list as one of the top 10 books that I was very interested in reading over the course of this year. And my hope for this book is that it would be somewhat similar to a book like Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, or for example, a book like A Short History of Nearly Everything by Bill Bryson. Now, this particular book did provide a fascinating perspective on how the history books have misrepresented the developments of things like agriculture or cities, states, even things like democracy and freedom. And that particular take was very unique to this book. I haven't seen other books tackle the fact that so much of human history has been misrepresented or overly simplified. But with that said, 
I will say that for me personally, I found this book overly detailed and fairly drawn out. Now, I'm sure many other readers out there will absolutely love it. It's clearly very well rated. So there are many people out there that do in fact really enjoy this book. But for me personally, having read a number of other books on related subjects, this one felt a little bit long to me. It was a little bit more detailed than I expected. I never like to punish the authors for the fact that I've read other books on the subject. So I ended up rating this one a four out of five stars. It did provide a fascinating look at some fresh insights and a fresh perspective, but I did feel it was fairly long. Now, if you're brand new to this topic or theme and you're interested in the book, it might be perfect for you. But for me, again, just a little bit too drawn out. Now, last on the list is Brand New Name, a proven step-by-step -step process to create an unforgettable brand name by Jeremy Miller. Now, this is a book that has been on my reading list for a very long time. About two years ago, I saw it in a bookstore, I read the subtitle, and being somebody who has had to name a number of products and services and even businesses over the years, I thought this would almost certainly be, at some point in the future, a very useful resource to have. Now, fast forward to today, very recently, I saw the book up on my bookshelf. Right now, I happen to have a number of ongoing projects, at least two of which require that I come up with an effective and very practical brand name. So I finally had an opportunity to dive into this book. Now, from my perspective, the first half of the book was not exactly the most useful. There were some interesting stories, some inspirational examples of how brands have come up with their own names, but it wasn't until I got into the second half of the book, which was teased throughout the first half, but once I got into the second half, that is where the author put together a very practical and detailed process for not only coming up with many options when it comes to brand names, but also ultimately narrowing the field and how to ultimately choose the name that is most likely to serve you really well into the future. So if you're someone like myself who needs to name a product or a service or a business, or for example, even if you want to name a pet or you're about to have a kid and you want to come up with the right name, the process in this book is very practical for all kinds of situations in which you need to generate many, many different ideas. And then again, ultimately narrow the field down till you end up with one name that really fits the specific situation. So if you're interested at all in coming up with a better name or a better brand name or something like that, consider picking up a copy of this book. Anyway, those are the six books that I read in January, 2022. If you wanna see more videos like this in the future, be sure to click the like button and subscribe and turn on notifications.